We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over at Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers do fall to the Milwaukee Bucks. Final score 115 to 106. Lakers extremely shorthanded, made a bunch of moves at the trade deadline. The new players coming in not available yet. Essentially an eight-man rotation tonight from the Lakers. And even with that, you had, what, three minutes from Cole Swider, not even counting him, but Max Christie only played 12 minutes. So the bulk of your of your minutes had to go to just seven players in this game. Lakers did look like they ran out of gas a little bit down the stretch, but again, falling to a very good Milwaukee Bucks team, a team that was on an eight-game winning streak, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Lakers made a run there, actually had an eight-point lead at halftime, but the Bucks were shooting unsustainably poorly from deep and a feeling Milwaukee was probably going to come back, and that's exactly what happened in this one. But we got a lot to talk about from the game, some good, some bad. Also have a lot to talk about from the trade deadline as well, just to run through a few stats to kick things off here. Anthony Davis, 9 for 22. Not ideal shooting percentages there, but 16 rebounds, 5 turnovers, 5 fouls. Kind of a mixed bag of a game from Anthony Davis, 23 points. You can say this, I, I felt like Anthony Davis tonight, the big plays. The big, like, got to get this rebound type plays or got to get a bucket here. AD came up short. And the Lakers in general kind of came up came up short in the big moments that, that we really needed to get in order to win the game. Weren't able to do that. Dennis Schroeder, 25 and 12, 25 points, 12 assists, 10 of 17 shooting. You'll take that from Dennis Schroeder stepping up big time with LeBron James out of action in this one, dealing with that sore left ankle. Troy Brown chips in 11 points and eight boards. Solid outing from him. Austin Reeves, welcome back. Plays 24 minutes. Uh, he was back last game, but only played seven minutes in it. Seven for 11 in this game. Three of four from deep. Four boards, two assists, one steal. Even crossed over Giannis. Great performance by Austin Reeves. 15 for Lonnie Walker. Three boards, three assists. Six of 14 shooting. Lakers shoot 39% from three, 47% from the field. 12 turnovers. That's good enough to win the game. Problem is the Bucs are just a really good team. And where did things really fall apart? Why did you lose this game? It's the offensive class. The Bucs had 16 offensive rebounds while shooting 46% from 
the field. Now, they shot just 25% from three, so that can contribute to your offensive boards with some long bounces. But there were a few possessions where uh, Brooke Lopez, who's not a great rebounder typically, was able to steal away offensive rebounds for the Bucks and put them back up in and score them. And that really hurt the Lakers. Possessions where they got stops, did not secure the rebound, made a big difference in this game. Let me get into some of the questions coming in. If you're joining me live from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, of course, welcome in. We've got plenty to get into tonight. Kyle Hampton said that was inevitable. Things should go better on Saturday. I see a win loading. So Saturday against the Warriors up at Golden State, no Steph Curry. The Lakers actually get the Warriors three times without Steph and Curry uh, in action. And the Lakers should have D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Davon Reed, Mo Bamba should be with the team, but will not be eligible to play serving a suspension. Tonight's game will not count towards that because he was not listed as a, a out due to suspension. Instead, he was just listed as inactive, um, wasn't actually eligible or available to play in this game. And so as a result, it's not going to count towards his, his suspension, unless I'm incorrect in the way I'm looking at that. But from what I've seen, it's not going to count. Uh, regardless, he has to serve two more games of his suspension before he w- will be available. But we should see our old friend D'Angelo Russell now back in purple and gold on Saturday. Same thing with the rest of the new Lakers. Hopefully, fingers crossed, LeBron will also be in action. Koa, no LeBron and shorthanded. Most stepped up, but AD was supposed to be our best player. Not even close. Five turnovers and played soft. Would have won if he was just average. Again, this was not a great outing. I do think that AD had more energy, certainly, than we saw out of the kind of sulky Anthony Davis that we saw against the Thunder. Um, AD hasn't quite looked like himself since the foot injury. I don't know if that's, you know, what if it's the injury, if that, you know, robbed him of his his legs, if that's something or, or what's going on there. But he just hasn't been that MVP version of Anthony Davis that we saw prior to the injury. And man, they... They need that guy. They need that guy back as quickly as possible. Jay Delgado, Ham used a three-guard lineup at one point. It's a little bit more palatable when the three guards are, say, Max Christie, who's 6'5", when it's Austin Reeves, who's 6'5", right? You've got more size. Dennis Schroeder, uh, those three guys, you put those three together, and at least you've got two of them are 6'5", instead of 6'3", Russell Westbrook, 6'1", Patrick Beverly, 6'1", Dennis Schroeder, and I'm probably being generous on, on Beverly and Schroeder. Like, that's that's where you really get into, okay, we're at a major size disadvantage here. It's not as bad when it's Christie and Reeves. It's still not ideal, and I, I would think that when the Lakers have the full roster, we probably won't see that as much. But really, they only played seven guys, essentially, in this game. Uh, AD needs to show the F up. If not, he needs to go. Well, you're not trading him. I mean, the trade deadline passed. You just need AD to, to figure it out, get going again. Uh, again, wasn't a great performance out of Anthony Davis. He makes an impact, but you also saw him just kind of come up short. Look, there was a point in time where where AD versus Giannis was a real debate. It's, I mean, it's obviously no debate. All the big plays, all the big moments, Giannis made those like, he didn't even have to try that hard. Uh, Anthony Davis, it seemed like it was a bit of a struggle. Solid start to the game for AD. And we thought, okay, you know, he had the first four points. Thought, all right, AD, he's going to get going in this one. All right, bounce, bounce back performance. As the game wore on, we just saw more plays where AD was uh, coming up on the wrong end of them. Uh, Jillian, why is AD playing like he wants out? LeBron is better. I mean, I don't, again, I don't think AD played 
low energy in this one. I just thought there were some plays where he needed to come up big and he didn't. I, I don't feel like we saw the same AD that we did last game. Maybe that's me. Uh, Wicked Bronco. Trev, please explain to me why you make all these trades to help this team win, yet none of them play, and you allow LeBron to sit out another must-win game. Why? We saw this a lot last year, late needing wins. Well, I mean, if LeBron's ankle is bothering him and they feel like he's at a risk for further injury, that's they're going to sit him out. They're just they're going to. It's the long play with him. As far as the other guys, um, I don't know if they had completely cleared their physicals just yet, and they literally just got off a plane. It's pretty standard across the NBA for guys not to try to play in this situation. They'll try to play on Saturday, but giving it a go tonight, that was just never an option. That's not out of the ordinary or anything like that. It's not like that's this is egregious that those guys didn't play. Typically, when like they've been Lakers for, what, less than 24 hours, yeah, not going to play. Uh, the only 23 is MJ. What's up with AD, really? He's on autopilot. Little emotion efficiently down just looks kind of lost out there Giannis walked over him I thought there were moments where um I thought there were moments where he was able to make a big impact on the floor he didn't look fully like himself but when I look at what we're seeing tonight I thought he was kind of sulking a bit last game this game I look at and think are his legs just not fully under him is it I didn't feel like he was attempting to be like a low energy player or anything like that in this one again i know other people may have had a different interpretation but to me it looked like ad just didn't quite have the burst didn't quite have the lift but it didn't look like it was a hey i'm i'm just not invested in this game type of situation uh tiktok expose said trevor do your research and watch the film well, why i mean why do you, why would you start a comment like that like isn't isn't that kind of insulting like you're assuming even though this is my profession this is my job that i just don't know who jared Van vanderbilt is like that's what you're insinuating that's not cool uh vanderbilt isn't just a big he's an elite wing perimeter defender yeah he is very switchy and he's a guy who can switch on to multiple players again do you want him to defend Kawhi, luca Giannis as your primary defender every single possession i know he's not a typical big he is more versatile defensively but I'm just thinking, ideally, is that what you really want him to do? Every single possession is to is to defend wings. I don't know if that's absolutely what you want. I think he can do it. But, yeah, I, I just when I look at, at Jared Vanderbilt, I don't know that that's what I'm looking to have him do every single game, every single possession. I think he's going to be a great fit for the Lakers. I think he's fantastic. I think it's amazing that you get him on this contract at, what, less than $5 million for next season? He's a tremendous value, and I, I'm still blown away that the Lakers got all of these guys in this trade. In a deal with Danny Ainge, the Lakers landed these pieces and only had to give up a protected first. Top four protected, and it becomes a second if that protection does come into play. An incredible deal uh, for the Lakers. I think they did a, a tremendous job, and I'm excited about Jared Vanderbilt. I just don't think it's, it's fair to ask him to defend those guys every single possession starting off the game. That's it. it it's a lot. That's a lot to ask him to do. And that's where you need more help on the wings and more players who can who can chip in and do those things. Mom um, mentality. Isn't there any report why the bogey deal didn't go through? No, I don't think that there was any... Like Bogdanovich, the Pistons were saying for weeks that they didn't want to move him, that they weren't going to trade him. And nobody believed them, and I didn't either. Um, I thought that they were just trying to drive the price up. But why... 
a Bogdanovich deal didn't go through, the, the Pistons just didn't get a deal that they that they wanted for him. And so they didn't accept it. But it's not like the Lakers had some Bogdanovich deal that was pending and ready to go and, and the Pistons were uh, going to hit accept and, you know, something got submitted and didn't go through or something like uh, uh, the Galaxy and, and Barcelona are dealing with Julian Araujo or something like that. Uh, no, it's, it wasn't anything like that. It's not like there was a Bogdanovich deal that was close to getting done. I, I think the Pistons just didn't get an offer that they liked, and they set an extremely high price. Teams weren't willing to, to pay that price. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Myron, serious question trevor do you think ad is a negative contract do you th think the nets would have accepted ad for kd i don't think he's a negative contract i don't know if the nets would have would have taken that they seem to be pretty determined to get a lot of draft capital particularly first round picks in that kevin durant deal plus from the reports coming out of phoenix uh, as well as brooklyn the nets were hoping to move kevin durant to a place where he wanted to go to really help him and he was set on the suns i mean we heard the suns as a potential landing spot uh last summer so they wanted to get Kevin Durant as kind of a thank you for being the guy that was there, you know, night in and night out. Yes, he did request a trade, but obviously walked back from that. A little bit different situation than Kyrie. So I don't know if the Nets would have done Anthony Davis for Kevin Durant or if that Suns package where it's got four firsts plus a pick swap, if that was more what they were looking for in addition to multiple players going in there. That said, I don't think AD is a negative value on his deal. Um he looks like he's maybe not right currently. And you can understand with the foot injury why somebody might just not fully have his legs under him. This is why I think it may actually be a good thing that AD is not an all-star currently. We have a few all-stars that are hurt. Um, so that could be a factor here as well. Um, he could wind up being called up, but not an all-star currently. He'll get some time off, see if he can really get fully back, back. Because he doesn't look like he's all the way back right now. Bruce, I was expecting an L. I can't wait for the new team to take the court, but I was thinking about what Trevor said today that even with the new look team, it might be too late to make the plan. So that's the, the issue right now. The Lakers, after starting two and 10, um, two wins, 10, 10 losses, we've talked about this, how that really puts you behind the eight ball, right? Like you've got a mountain to climb because you have to fix that. And all season, they've been trying to fix that and just not making up enough ground. They win, they win a game, they lose a game. They win two games, they lose two games. They go on a three-game winning streak, they go on a three-game losing streak. And they just have been hovering right around, they're slightly above 500 since that 2-10 start. But the 2-10 start is weighing them down like an anchor. 
And like if they had started, you know, six and six, obviously things look very different right now. The West is extremely compact. There's still room to move up, but the clock is ticking. And this was the problem all along with waiting until the trade deadline to make a move is if you don't stay in the playoff mix, the trade deadline is so late in the season that you don't have a lot of games left once you get those players in to really have those those new players take effect and give you the boost that you need. And if you, you know, you have the, the ball bounces the wrong way a few times over that stretch, that can be that. That can be the end. I mean, their margin for error is extremely slim right now. Again, there's just not a lot of games left. The Lakers needed a trade a month ago, two months ago. Um, they needed this done a while ago, but teams were not ready to make trades then. Teams weren't ready to get deals done. This was the risk that the Lakers took. And now they've got a serious mountain to climb. I will say though, credit to the Lakers because the moves that they did make are moves where even if things continue to go south this season, which is not what we want at all, we want this team to get into the playoff mix and go from there. But even if they don't, the moves they made are moves that will help them next season as well. These are all players who could be part of this Lakers team for the next five years, conceivably, right? They're all in their mid twenties. That could certainly happen. So that's what I like about this Lakers. These Lakers moves is they didn't just get pieces that helped them this year. They built in that kind of buffer where they're not going to get in guys that if you don't make a playoff push this year, then it was for nothing. You've got, you made moves that will work out um, for future years. And again, I've talked about this before. I was talking about this yesterday. Um, there is mutual interest, I, I believe with the Lakers and the, uh, uh, and D'Angelo Russell's camp on getting an extension done. So he is an expiring contract, but if they come to terms, that won't be the case uh, after they do an extension. Uh, how are you feeling about Saturday against Golden State? I'm excited. I'm excited about, about Saturday against Golden State. I'm excited to see the new pieces coming in and and get a feel for what, uh, what they can bring. Uh, Malik Beasley, I mean, three-point shooting that he can bring, and of course, D'Angelo Russell, what he can bring to the team. I felt like in general, like Anthony Davis aside, in general, there was a, a solid kind of flow to this team. And that's even with really only seven players getting the, the vast majority of the minutes. It felt a little different out there. And I'm not saying, I know people are going to think that's all on Russell Westbrook. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the trade deadline being passed may have taken a weight off of their shoulders. And then the new guys coming in may give them a bit of a boost. That's certainly the hope. Um, Senpai NFT said it's hard, harder to shoot over six, five guys than guys who are six, one. It sounds so simple, but yes, it's, it's true. It is true. Um, defensively, that makes a difference. We see how many times have we seen it already where Rui Hachimura closes out on somebody, puts an arm up and impacts a shot in a way that, you know, that Kendrick Nunn was simply never going to at six, one, even if he's quick and can close out at the same, just having those long arms, having that size, it matters. It matters, and this is why we've been saying since July that the Lakers didn't have enough wings. They didn't have enough of those switchy wing players, and you can argue they still don't, but they are certainly more, it's a, a more reasonable roster construction right now. It's still a bit guard-heavy, but this looks more like a team that has some thought put into it in terms of how is this group really going to play on the floor. Now, can Darvin Ham put all those pieces together, particularly on the fly with, what, 27, 26 games left in the season? That's a tall task, too. But 
at least the roster is much more balanced than it was prior to the trade deadline. Uh, Ron said, this game is why you don't lose to the Pelicans in OKC. Absolutely. Absolutely. Games, you knew this was essentially a scheduled loss coming out of the trade deadline, right? You made a bunch of moves. You're going to play essentially seven guys in this game. It's going to be really tough to come away from a win in that. That's why it's so important that you don't no-show the second half defensively against the Pelicans and why you don't no-show the whole game against the Thunder. And yet the Lakers did that. This is where it comes back to haunt you, right? Because then you drop those two games. Now it's, uh-oh, we have to find a way to get a win against a really good box team. It doesn't happen. Now you're on a three-game losing streak at a time in your schedule when you need to be making a push up the standings, not going the other way. Uh, Chris said, sounds weird to say, but this was a good loss. We showed that our guys are healthy. We can hang with a good team. and This isn't even our whole squad. Well, the hope is that the Lakers, with these new pieces coming in, will be able to close games. That's been their MO all season, right? We talk about what is this Lakers team? What are they able to do? They're, what they are as a team is what they consistently do and what they've consistently done all season is hang with good teams but not be able to close games, right? Look at all the close losses that they've had. I mean, you look at the two games against Boston. There's a game against Indiana, uh, the 76ers, the Blazers, the Clippers. I mean, they've had so many just brutal, gut-wrenching, close losses because they have not been able to close out games. And so the hope is that you bring these guys in and you're going to be able to have enough talent, enough players to call upon, enough varied skill sets to where now you're closing out games. Now, instead of taking a game where you're up six with a minute 30 to play, and next thing you know, you're going to overtime or something like that, you close out those games comfortably because you've got pieces that fit a bit better. That, I think, is the key dynamic that the Lakers need. Can you close out games? And if these changes, these new players coming in, can give you that ability, that could go a really long way. That's going to be really, really important, and it's going to be something we're certainly going to keep an eye on. Uh, Bruce Chang, your honest opinion, Trev. How likely does the Lakers do the Lakers make the postseason with this reloaded team? It would be a shame if we didn't. I think they have a. I think they have a good chance at it. I think Utah is not. They're not going to push to try to win games right now, especially from the moves that we saw from them. They're going to drop a bit. Uh, OKC doesn't have incentive to win games either, but they did just, they, they play great. I mean, I was impressed with what we saw, saw out of Thunder, but the hope is that maybe they will slide a bit as well. I think they still have a, a, a good shot at it, but that's, you need health. You need Anthony Davis to get back to his old self and you need these new pieces to get integrated really quickly. So that's not necessarily easy, right? Those are some big hurdles to clear, but I won't look at this. I, I know a lot of Lakers fans right now just throwing their hands up and saying, oh, that's it. Season's over. We're done. That's it. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I think they have a shot here. They have a shot to get back into this thing. Um, but we'll see. It's Saturday against Golden State. This is a big game. This is a big game, and I know we've said it a bunch. Must win, but this is a must win. Eugene said, I ain't even mad. We were in the game until the end, given the circumstances. It's a sign of things to come, hopefully. Keep your head up, Lakers Nation. Yeah, hopefully it is. Hopefully you get a full roster. You are not. You don't have guys running on fumes at the end of the game, and you can get a W. That's certainly what you're hoping for here. 
Uh, Jay Lai said, AD played better, but he looks slow lately. Do you think he's fully healed from the foot injury? I'm hoping he gets asked that. I'm hoping he gets asked about the foot injury, if that's what's potentially going on. Um, if he says anything in the in the post game, I think that would be interesting to see uh, what his answer would be because he's usually pretty forthcoming with his responses. And so I think it would be something that would be good to be asked of him. Hey, how was the injury really? How are you doing? And find out what was going on. Why from him? Why were, why are you sitting when the team is celebrating LeBron? You know, breaking the scoring record and, and all of that. I think that's that's all important. Lester, I don't like how AD is playing. I hope he can play uh, the four with the new bigs. Austin's crossover. Man, that was an incredible, incredible move, that crossover on Giannis. Fantastic stuff from Austin Reeves. And good to see him coming back from the hamstring injury, looking more like his old self. Um, as far as how AD is playing, I don't, I don't particularly like it either. It's not ideal. It's not what you want to see out of Anthony Davis. You want to see the MVP version of Anthony Davis that we saw before the injury, but we just haven't quite seen that guy, and the Lakers are going to need him. So hopefully they can figure out what it takes to get him back to that uh, as soon as possible. All right, we do need to get into, obviously, Anthony Davis was the only one of the superstars playing in this game, um, but let's get into the Star in Your Role Award and talk about who is the best player of the other guys. Star in Your Role. All right, so the Star in Your Role Award, again, goes to the best player of the other guys. Um, I think of this in this game, it's got to go to Dennis Schroeder. 25 points, 12 assists. I mean, he was he showed up. He was fantastic in, in this game. Um, the, the Lakers needed to lean on him quite a bit. You knew that was going to be the case. You knew you needed a high-scoring output out of Dennis Schroeder, and you got that out of him. Again, can't argue with that production from Schroeder. Other guys that are, get the honorable mention here, Austin Reeves, 18 points, certainly right there, four boards, two assists, one steal. He looked very good. It's almost like Reeves and Lonnie had a little duel going, perhaps for the starting two-guard spot. I know Malik Beasley will have something to say about that as well, but Austin looked really good. Lonnie had some moments, six of 14 shooting in this one, three boards, three assists, 15 points for him too. He was good. Rui Hachimura, a little bit too quiet for my liking. Three of nine shooting the ball, six boards. This was a game where you needed like 18 out of Rui Hachimura, and instead you got eight. That's uh, not quite enough in this type of outing where you don't have LeBron James out there and you're missing so many other players as well. Hemdred, Braun is my favorite player, but he never cheers on the team. So LeBron's sitting on the sideline, but did you see the suit he was wearing? Maybe yelling up, jumping up and yelling and cheering and you know, clapping and jumping around. Maybe that would have messed up that suit. I wouldn't want to mess up that suit. Nice suit. But uh, favorite player, he doesn't cheer on the team. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to worry about that too much. But sure. Maybe he's not. Um, <laughs> look, maybe he's not what Robert Sacre over there on, on the sideline. Or uh, who else were some of the great sideline? Uh, Ronnie Turioff <laughs> was, was tremendous. Uh, TC, the crisis, unpopular opinion. I miss Westbrook already. You know, I guess well, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this a little bit. Um, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, when we look at Russell Westbrook, he's he's catching a lot of flack right now. And I think that's unfortunate. I don't think a lot of the stuff that's coming out, and we've talked about this on our previous live shows we've done today. My goodness, we've, we've talked a lot of basketball in the last 24 plus hours. But... I think a lot of the stuff that's coming out right now is unfortunate. Like he's gone is move on. Right. I don't think they, I don't think the stuff comes needs to come out bashing Russ about how he is in the locker room and things like that. Um, I just don't think that's, that's necessary. If that, like, if you feel that way, great, but that can stay behind closed doors right now. It just comes across as kind of petty. Like you, I don't think you need to justify the trade to anybody. Right. I mean, just look at what the deal is on paper. It's a great deal. They're going to do it like you can just leave it at that. Why did you make the trade? Because of because of basketball, because it makes sense as a trade. It's a good deal for the Lakers. Let it speak for itself. It doesn't need to be, oh, well, Russ was causing these problems in the locker room and blah, 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 blah. Like you, you don't need to get in all of that. You don't need to do that. So that's unfortunate. And then, of course, Nina Westbrook, Russ's wife, explaining, you know, how her kids have reacted to this and how they've had to hear this stuff and all that, like, you never want to hear that. The kids get involved in that. You know, I, I would prefer a, a classier exit than, than this. Even if Russ was a problem in the locker room, I believe that you, you take the high road in these situations and you don't want this kind of stuff getting out there. And again, I don't know exactly how it got out. Maybe there was a, a coach or, or somebody in the, in the Lakers organization said something and was thinking it wasn't going to be, reported or you know said keep this between us or whatever and then it got reported i don't know again i i don't know the circumstances behind how all that happened but just in general from an organizational perspective you want to take the high road and not disparage guys on their way out the door clearly it was coming from the lakers side and that's not that's not what you want getting out there right now tiktok exposed my bad didn't mean to comment in an insulting way no no we're all good we're all good we're all good. I'll be I'll be honest too. I'm going off of like very very little sleep and I've been talking basketball for I don't even know how many hours at this point. So, I'll be honest, I'm probably a little bit cranky as well. That's certainly a factor here. Um you know what this comment says please add mods to the chat. Yeah, that's something that I've been looking at doing for a while and I need to figure out exactly how to accomplish that. But um, yeah, that's something I got to do. I know. Uh, Lakers haters swore Russell Westbrook had no trade value. I know, right? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? So we've been hearing literally like a few weeks ago, it was opposing teams. Every team around the NBA is sending the message to the Lakers that if Russell Westbrook is leaving leaving their roster, the price is a first-round pick. If you want anything coming back, the price is more than that. Another first-round pick, second-round picks, price goes up. Okay? Jazz also put out there that they believed Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, individually, all three of them, the price is a first-round pick. 
for each. So three firsts to get all three of them. Now, teams put out, you know, false information all the time. They try to set the bar high for trades, of course, and that's and that's what they should be doing. But obviously, all of that was way off if the Lakers gave up not a first, but a protected first, and a protected first that instantly converts to a second if it doesn't convey. It's not like it gets kicked to the next year and it becomes a 2028 first or a 2029 first. No, it just turns into a 2027 second. So if the Lakers get the number one pick, sorry, Jazz, you don't get a first-round pick anymore. You get a second-rounder. That would be the 31st pick. It would be a pretty high second-rounder, but still, like, that's pretty significant. And that's the pick and with those protections that the Lakers gave up. And what did they accomplish? They moved Russell Westbrook and they got D'Angelo Russell. They got, now they had to add a second in order to turn Mike Conley into D'Angelo Russell. And I think that was a smart move on their part. That's effectively what the Lakers did. They, the trade was between the jazz and the Lakers. They went and looped in the wolves because they decided they would rather have D'Angelo Russell than Mike Conley. And I think that was a smart decision. Um, not that I don't like Mike Conley, but D'Angelo Russell at 26, I'm going to take him over Mike Conley. And you get Jared Vanderbilt and you get Malik Beasley. Love that. All for a first round pick and you had to kick in a second. Essentially, last minute, Lakers, the Wolves, you saw the reporting. The Wolves were kind of stalling on doing the deal. Well, we're talking other teams uh, with D'Angelo Russell. We need a little more draft capital. That was the reporting from, from Woj. Um, the Lakers kicked in a second push it across the finish line. And again, you're turning, the Lakers turned Mike Conley into D'Angelo Russell. That's worth a second. A 26-year-old D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, you can do that. AD, zero blocks in the last three out of seven games. Fluidity post-foot injuries, not close to pre. Agree. He does look a little bit awkward out there. He does look a little bit awkward with his movements. And that's a concern. Uh, oh, well, you can't count. John Robertson Dow said, oh, well, you can't count on AD when it matters most. Took so many jump shots. Part of that is that's what the Bucks were giving him. But still, yes, you would. And that's what makes me wonder, does he, is the foot, is it, does he not have his legs fully under him? Because the AD we were seeing before the injury was attacking the basket a lot more. He was a monster at the rim. Uh, Alex said this year might be about getting chemistry going. It might. And that's part of I talked all about this, about doing your summer shopping at the trade deadline. I think that's part of what the Lakers did here. Now, I don't think that means the Lakers aren't going to make any moves this summer. Uh, They will, assuming they come to terms on an extension with D'Angelo Russell, they'll operate as an above-the-cap team. I think even if they don't, they're going to operate as an above-the-cap team. So what they're going to have available to them this summer, it's going to be your mid-level exceptions. That's going to be about $11 million and your biannual exception, which will be about $4 million or so. Um, so you have those two plus veteran minimums to use. Plus, look at all these guys you've got bird rights on. Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves. Um, you've got uh, you've got a team option on Malik Beasley. Jared Vanderbilt's already under contract. You've got uh, D'Angelo Russell, right? You've got bird rights on all of these players. So you can keep a lot of this team intact. You did a lot of your shopping here in the offseason. Heck, you even have early bird rights on Wendy and Gabriel because you've had him for a couple of seasons now. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Matt B said, in my opinion, you would be great in an NBA front office. Well, well thank you, Matt. I, I do appreciate that. 
Uh, new starting five. I've got Vando, Reeves, and D'Lo. Also, Brown Jr., 39 minutes, a bit too much tonight, right? Uh, yes, although I will say I think they just, you know, you can say should have maybe fed some more minutes to Mac, Max Christie, get more experience there or something, but I think it was just they, they were short on players, so they wound up playing Troy Brown a lot. Um, my starting five, I've got Vanderbilt coming off the bench. You can make an argument for him to start, but I've got uh, my starters being D'Angelo Russell, which I think is a, is a lock. Um, I've got Austin Reeves at the two. And then LeBron at the three, Rui Hachimura at the four, and Anthony Davis at the five. That's my my starting five right now. Um, but again, you can make arguments either way. You can say you can make an argument. Malik Beasley should start. I've seen people say Lonnie Walker should start. I can't really get on board with that. All the advanced metrics show that Austin is the much better fit. But if you really just want a pure three point shooter, maybe Malik Beasley. But Austin is just such a great glue guy, and he I mean he shot very well today in this game. He shot the three fairly well for the season. To me, he makes a lot of sense in that starting lineup um, with the current team in place, especially because D'Angelo Russell's not a great defender, and I think I would rank Austin Reeves ahead of Malik Beasley defensively. Uh, Ricardo. Hi, Trevor. Super super excited about the trades. Well, thank you. Uh, I, 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 I'm glad you're excited because I'm excited too. This is an exciting day. Who do you think will lose major minutes now? Dennis Schroeder, Lonnie, and... Uh, Troy Brown all seem like they can contribute. Rui and Austin should start too. It, there, there is going to be a natural trickle-down effect where guys are just going to lose minutes. Maybe Lonnie loses some minutes. Maybe it's Troy Brown who loses, loses some minutes. Um, Austin could see minutes get, get pinched a bit. Uh, it just depends on how everything shakes out and who performs and who really fits together. There is going to be a little bit of a battle. And this is where it can be hard with not that many games left because now Darvin Ham has to figure out what is my rotation. And then there's going to be a trial and error period where maybe he thinks his rotation is one thing and you go 10 games playing with that group and you find out that it's actually something else, that actually you need to play these certain guys together. You don't have a lot of time to experiment. In fact, you've got no time. You've got to figure it out and figure it out fast. That's that's a tall order, again, for Darvin Ham. So there are going to be some players who, who will lose minutes because you lost one rotation player Damian Jones and Juan Toscano Anderson were not in the rotation. You lost one rotation player in Russell Westbrook and you added three. Vanderbilt, Beasley, D'Lo, they're all getting minutes. That means, and they can't just divide up those Russell Westbrook, you know, 34 minutes between the three of them. That's not going to work. So some players are going to lose minutes. There's no getting around it. There's just no getting around it. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here. Carter Monroe said Vanderbilt is elite at defending threes, opposing players, uh, PER nosedives per 36 possessions when he defends them. I hope Darvin Ham knows this. Yeah, look, you can you can send Vanderbilt after some of these big wings. I question whether or not you start him on those guys, particularly because of the lack of floor spacing that he's going to provide you, the offensive deficiencies. But defensively, he can do some really good things. I always like to be careful and... Particularly, like, I see people making the argument, oh, Malik Beasley automatically should start for the Lakers, right? He's so much better than anything that they've got. Are we sure? Sometimes we get kind of a shiny new toy effect, right, with, with players that, that get traded for. Like, I've got people saying, oh, Mo Bamba should start next to Anthony Davis. Maybe Mo Bamba turns into that at some point, but he's barely getting minutes for the Orlando Magic. 
I'm not comfortable just penciling him in as, as the starter just yet. I think that's just everybody's excited. He's got, oh, he can block shots. He can shoot threes. Start him, right? So I always like to be a little bit more conservative with players that are coming, that are just coming into the team because we can get really hyped up about them and fired up. And sometimes that can cloud how we view them compared to the players who are kind of their old hat. They're already on the team and we've seen them and we've seen their flaws and all of that. And we just see idealized versions of the players who are coming in. And again, that's not my way of saying I don't like this trade. That's not my way of saying I don't like these players. I think these are, this is a great trade. I think these guys can make a difference. Um, I just hesitate to say, just start all of the new guys, everybody else to the bench. And that's the way you move, you move forward. Vanderbilt, again, I'm excited about him. I think he's going to be a great Great addition here for the Lakers, but I don't know that you starred him. That's the question mark for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Kasuke said, not even mad at this one. Only nine guys. Schroeder and Reeves looked amazing. Not worried yet. Now, if we're still struggling with like 15 games left, yeah, you have to run. Ooh, you've got to find a way to run off like a couple of five-game win streaks, six-game win streaks. That's what you got to do now. You have to start stacking wins. That's not easy. Uh, Carter, threes as in small forwards. I got you. I know what you meant. We are going to get to the master lock in just a moment. Probably won't do like an hour long show tonight. Done a lot of this. Um, Wicked Broncos. Sorry, Trev. I thought the NBA was like the NFL. Like Murray played for the Broncos a day after he was signed from the Saints. Uh, Lakers after uh, TD reminds me of uh, the 2000s team. I think we can win a championship, to be honest. Oh, I hope you're right. That'd be fantastic to see this team turn it around and win a championship. Man, that would be, be an incredible story. An incredible story. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, it's also different. Like Latavius Murray stepping in as a, as a starting running back. The running back position in particular in the NFL, you see guys do that. You see, you know, a running back gets hurt and they sign somebody off the street and that guy comes in and, and puts up 110 yards and two touchdowns or something like that, just stepping into the system. Um, that is probably the easiest plug and play. I, I shouldn't say easiest, but that is where you can most often see players just plug and play and be fine. Um, the NBA, particularly defensively, all five guys have to be on a string. They have to know exactly what's going on. I'm not saying there aren't major responsibilities for uh, NFL running backs, but uh, like your guy, you sign off the street to be a running back. You might not have, him, you're probably not going to ask him to pass block a ton. You're going to have, one of your other guys, your backups or whatever, do that. And you're just going to pretty much have him come in, hand him the ball and say, go be this kind of blunt force instrument. Whereas in the NBA, especially defensively, if you don't have every single defender on a string, if they don't know what your schemes are, they're just stepping off a plane and they haven't even gotten a look at anything yet, that teams are going to exploit that. Teams are going to recognize it. They're going to exploit it. So it's a bit tougher um, to just get plugged directly into a game. I mean, we saw, what was it? Uh, Isaac Bonga did it 
in summer league years ago. And, and, and it was a bit of a disaster, but he like literally stepped off a plane and went straight to the arena and played in the game. That's summer league though. It's very rare for that type of thing to happen in the NBA. Uh, Malik Beasley is basically buddy healed with better d- defense. Love the move. Buddy is a little bit better of a, a shooter overall, but, but Malik, Be- I, again, I'm not saying Malik Beasley's uh, not a big addition to the, to their shooting. Again, I think he's 12th in the NBA and three pointers made right now. He's he's been very, very good or in uh, three pointers made per game. He's good. He's good. He's, he can shoot. Um, he's, what they've been looking for in terms of a guy who can come in and just be an instant threat. Like when he's on the floor, teams are not going to be able to leave him behind the three point line. And that's what we've seen so often from opponents, opponents this season. They just run away from Lakers players behind the arc. Can't do that with, with him. Can't do that with D'Angelo Russell either. So you added shooting. Uh, Bruce said, Trevor, what's your ideal starting five? Uh, again, I'm, I'm not saying this is set in stone, but my starting five, it's D'Angelo Russell. It's Austin Reeves. LeBron, Rui Hachimura, and Anthony Davis. That's the five I'm rolling with, which puts your bench unit as you would have Dennis Schroeder, you would have Lonnie Walker, uh, you bring it, you've got Malik Beasley, Troy Brown could be part of it if you're okay with going with a smaller unit. Uh, otherwise, and then Jared Vanderbilt would be in there. If you're going with a bigger unit, it's Mo Bamba with Jared Vanderbilt at essentially a four position. So it depends on who you're going up against and what the rotation is really going to be. But that's what I'm looking at if I'm the Lakers. I'm putting Austin in the starting two spot, but again, let's see what happens. See what Darwin does. David, thoughts on if LeBron stays after this season? If KD and the Suns win this year, would that encourage this moves to win? Want to see the Mavs play the Suns and all the drama? That is going to be a fun matchup when the Mavs play the Suns. I do think LeBron stays. I think these are moves that these are moves that you look at and you say, okay, this team's got some things now that they can really do. This summer, they will still have two first-round picks to play with because they'll have either their own pick or the Pelicans pick, most likely the Pelicans pick. Plus, they still have the 2029 pick. And you've got now a lot of different contract sizes on the roster, whereas we've spent two years, right? Two years now, two seasons, where essentially the Lakers had one or two trade options, right? Last year, it was you can trade Russell Westbrook or you can trade THT. That's it. They didn't really have, or, you know, and Kendrick Nunn was in the mix. And that's it. You didn't really have a bunch of guys who were mid-sized contracts. Everybody else was veteran minimums. So your trade options are really slim. You find it, okay, teams don't want Russ. What? All right, what do you think about THT? Oh, you don't like him? Okay. Then we have nothing we can do. Now you've got, let's say you sign him to an extension. You've got D'Angelo Russell. You're going to have Rui Hachimura on a, on a new deal, right? You're going to have all these trade options. Now you sign new deals. You're not going to have them over the summer, but you've got Jared Vanderbilt. Right, you've got these guys, um, Malik Beasley, at 16 million for next season, probably a contract option that you want to pick up, team option for next year. So you've got these players where now you can mix and match lots of guys. Now, that's not ideally what you need to do. Ideally, all these pieces fit great, and off you go. You add somebody with your mid-level exception, add somebody with your biannual exception. Let's do this thing. That's your ideal situation. What you want to see over the next, what, 26, 27, whatever games is everybody gels. Everything goes well. You make a playoff push, keep everybody, add a piece or two, roll. That's what you want to see with LeBron and this team. But if that doesn't work out, they've given themselves optionality with the different contracts that they've got. Okay, team doesn't like D'Angelo Russell. Okay, can we interest you in Malik Beasley? 
Maybe there's a trade that we can work out there. Um, you've got a lot of different contract sizes and it gives you some different options out there on the trade front. So uh, again, though, that's not, I don't want to get into the weeds of, hey, trade away all these guys they just got. No, option number one and the best case scenario right now is these guys, the team that's set up now clicks, you can add to it over the summer and you hit the ground running next season to start the year. That's what you want. That's how you start to build chemistry. That's how you start to build cohesiveness. And that's something the Lakers have been lacking over the last few seasons. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm hoping this means we're getting away from swapping out 12 guys and bringing in 12 new each season. Alex Amerling, can't forget Chris Kamen sleeping on the bench. Yeah, hey, all-time high-energy bench celebration czar Chris Kamen sleeping on the bench. Absolutely. That was a classic. Uh, Orlando said, we're going 3-0 and next three games before the All-Star break. Book it. I'm confident. We need that. It will put us at 28-31. and What are the next three games? I know they've got Warriors next. Let me take a look. Next three games. At Golden State, at Portland versus New Orleans. Oh, boy. These are three big games. These are very big. And then coming out of the All-Star break, you get Golden State on Thursday the 23rd. These are three very big games terms of pursuing teams that are just ahead of you in the standings. Ooh. If you go 3 and 0 in these next 3 games, that would be big not only to add wins to the Lakers record but to put losses on teams that are just ahead of you in the standings. Ooh. In fact, the next 4, Dallas is 5 coming out of the All-Star break, you get oh my goodness. So this is wow. <laughs> I knew they had an interesting stretch here. But when I stop and look at it, all the way through the beginning of March, you're running through all of your Western Conference opponents. Golden State, Portland, New Orleans, All-Star break, Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis. That's all the way through the beginning of March. Then you go Toronto, New York, New Orleans again, Houston, Dallas. You've got... If you can win enough games there, the effect is going to be amplified because you're not just adding a win to your record. You're putting a loss on one of your Western Conference opponents. Uh, these Those games are going to be critical. How the Lakers perform in that stretch is going to be huge. Orlando said, get some sleep, Trev. You deserve it. I am going to try to after this. I certainly will. Um, people said, let AD go next season and bring in Kawhi. Anything is possible, but good Lord, Clips would have to implode. Not likely. Clippers aren't trading like that with the Lakers. Clippers only trade with the Lakers. If it's a one-on-one, -on -one, if it's a move in which they fleece the Lakers. By the way, the Lakers and Clippers technically executed a trade today. They traded with each other. Not directly, but the Mo Bamba and Thomas Bryant trades got turned into a four-team deal. I don't know if you guys saw this got turned into a four-team deal. So this deal is now the Clippers, the Nuggets, 
the Lakers, and the Magic in a four-team trade. Still the same pieces going to the same same places. Um, you've got you've got Thomas Bryant going to Denver. You've got Mo Bamba coming to LA. Patrick Beverly going to Orlando. He's not actually going to go to Orlando. He's going to get waived. Um, you've got all the, the same pieces that are involved there. But now, now the two second round picks that the Lakers are getting in the Thomas Bryant deal, the net is two seconds, right? You give up a second to Orlando in the Mobamba trade. You get three seconds in the Thomas Bryant trade in the, the Denver deal and the net. So your net positive is two seconds there. The two seconds are coming from the Clippers 2024, 2025. So now the Lakers have that much more incentive to root for Clippers losses because the Lakers have a couple of Clippers picks in those seasons. So yeah, it's now a four team trade. The way they strung that all, all together. That, that happens sometimes when we see deals go down. How they actually get executed may not be how we initially think of them. All right, let's get into our favorite segment of the night. Oh gosh, Diego, how washed is CP zero rings? Chris Paul, we're going to find out. We're going to find out because they have the Suns sure have a lot of firepower. And a lot of firepower. Koa, I think we can win eight of the next 10 games. If you win eight of the next 10 games, you're in great shape now, making a push for the playoffs. All right, let's get into the master lock of the night. Master lock of the night. All right, chat. I want to hear from you. We take whatever is the uh, most annoying thing from this game, and we put it in our buddy Chris the Masterpiece Masters finishing hold. The master lock. What are we master locking from this game? No, we can't. I, somebody said Westbrook. We can't master lock Russell Westbrook. He's uh, he's out of town. Can't happen. Some people say in Darvin Ham. Some people say in Davis. Master lock. Hope for playoffs. Oh, Grayson Allen. Just because. Grayson Allen always <laughs> potentially. Permanently master lock worthy. I personally, I oh Giannis, master lock the defense on Giannis. Yeah, you know what? I got to go with Anthony Davis in this one. I thought he was. This was, you know, and I don't the it could be the foot thing. So I'm not saying this is on Anthony Davis. Hey, AD decided not to show up. Maybe his foot's bugging him. Maybe he doesn't have his legs under him fully. Have to find out more. But this was like the big matchup against Giannis, and this was. The Lakers kept themselves in this thing where if you got that MVP version of AD, maybe you steal a win here. They were close enough, but you didn't. You didn't. I mean, 16 boards is not bad. I'm not saying he had a terrible outing, but he wasn't that next level transcendent star. And that's what you needed tonight, and you didn't get that from him. So I'll master lock Anthony Davis, but it's a it's a gentle master lock on this one. We're hoping, to, hoping we loosen up his shoulders a little bit. And, and get him ready ready to go for the next game. That's what we're hoping for from Anthony Davis. And we unleash that MVP caliber, Anthony Davis. That's what we're looking for. Super Dope Hip Hop said, AD sucks. Stop it, Casual Carls. He's a hurting Hall of Famer. Yeah, I do. I'd like to find out more about the foot issue and see if that's something there. Angelo said, I'm a bit nervous about Ham's rotation issues, especially with the addition of all these new players. His rotations thus far leave a lot to be desired. Agreed. I do think some of the benefit of the Patrick Beverly for Mo Bamba trade is it takes the keys to the car away as far as the three-guard lineup goes. 
can't really do the three guard lineup if you only have really two point guards on the roster now in D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder. And D'Angelo Russell is at least 6'4", so that helps you a little bit. You don't have uh, 6'3", Russell Westbrook, 6'1", Dennis Schroeder, 6'1", Patrick Beverly on the floor anymore together. So uh, AD is afraid of injury. Uh, he just makes mid-range most of the shot, not being aggressive to the paint. Lakers could have had a chance to win today. I think they did have a chance to win. And again, they didn't get quite that MVP caliber, Anthony Davis. And I think that was part of the reason why they didn't. Uh, again, we they were up at halftime, but we knew Milwaukee's three-point shooting was probably going to get better. Master Lock, AD's negative energy and Giannis's po positive energy. Okay. I don't know if AD was being all that negative in this game, but Rui Hachimura has got to pick it up. Yeah, he was... Um, not ideal. Not ideal. Oh, okay. Phantom King. I didn't see. I haven't been over on Twitter watching what was what was happening there. So let me see. A, Phantom King says AD explained his actions. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Anthony Davis let everyone know why he was sitting down when LeBron broke the record. I was pissed off that we were losing. It's that simple. It had nothing to do with LeBron. He knows that. Great. Go to... A good explanation. I was not following along on Twitter. I was uh, looking through the chat. So we got that explanation. AD is saying it doesn't have anything to do with LeBron, doesn't have anything to do with trade rumors, any of that kind of stuff. He was upset they were losing. And the question is, do you take that response at fake face value? Do you buy it? Um, hopefully, you. we just say yes and, and move on. And that's it. All right, everybody. I am exhausted. <laughs> We've been at this. We had the Kevin Durant trade. Late last night, Keith and I were live for, for that over on the front office show. Been going all day. I'm beat. I am going to go try to get some rest. I appreciate all of you for joining me here. Um, I am going to do a live show over on AMP tomorrow. Um, that's going to be tomorrow night. So we'll do a little Friday night show. So if you haven't downloaded the AMP app, you can call in to the podcast that way. Um, I'll do that. I'm going to shoot for 10 o'clock uh, tomorrow. No, I'm sorry. We're going to do it earlier than that. Not 10. That's way too late. Uh, eight o'clock, eight o'clock Pacific time over on AMP. Uh, so again, if you haven't downloaded that yet, check it out. Find me, Trevor Lane, and you can actually call into the show. That way we'll talk hoops, have a good time. Um, that'll be tomorrow night. Uh, we'll do that one. And then of course the Lakers play the Golden State Warriors coming up on Saturday. Thank you everybody for joining me. Appreciate it. Great trade, de trade deadline. Thank you guys for following along with all of our coverage. Appreciate all of you out there for letting us do what we do. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.